You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Ganser, here to bring you another fantastic show on what it is to be humane. Today, we're going to spend our time together at the movies with a couple of guests who have dedicated their lives to making sure our favorite animal stars are safe from harm when filming our wonderful movies that we so enjoy watching together. Up first is the Chief Veterinary Officer for American Humane Association and our National Director of No Animals Were Harmed, Dr. Quan Stewart. He'll be followed by Beth Langhurst, who works as a certified animal safety representative for that program. She spends her days and nights on movies, TV shows, and commercial sets monitoring the action of animal actors and making sure they're all safe. Can't wait to talk to her a little bit later in the show. But first, I want to start out with a story about one of America's first and most beloved animal stars, the fabulous Ren Tin Tin, who was once maybe the biggest movie star in the world, and not just among the fellow human actors, animal actors as well, all looked up to Ren Tin Tin. Ren Tin Tin was found in a kennel in France by a U.S. soldier named Lee Duncan, who adopted this young German shepherd and brought him back home after the war was over. Lee knew that dog was very special, but he didn't know quite how special he was. His dog could jump a full 11 feet 9 inches in the air which astounded a photographer so much that he paid Lee $350 just to photograph this beautiful dog. That would be like paying more than $4,000 today for the same privilege. Well, he soon went to Hollywood, and he was in his first feature film, When the North Begins. And that film was so successful, it is often credited for saving Warner Brothers from bankruptcy. Can you imagine that one of the biggest movie studios of all times was actually saved by man's best friend, Rin Tin Tin? Well, yes, it was said in 1929 that Rin Tin Tin received the most votes for the best actor at the Academy Awards. But the Academy stipulated that the award could only go to a human. And during his heyday, fans sent him more than 10,000 letters a week. And he was one of only two dogs to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In all, Ren Tintin and his successors went to star in 27 films and other major television shows, entertaining countless millions of Americans. You know, the current generation of Ren Tintin works as an active search and rescue dog. Yes, there's Ren Tintin alive today, a direct descendant of the original beloved film actor. The current Ren Tintin works in search and rescue, and he's charming lives literally as he's saving them. You know, it's for these reasons and so many more that we were honored to bestow Ren Tintin with the Humane Legacy Award at our 2011 American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards, paying tribute to this dog and the legacy of the dog that saved Warner Brothers from bankruptcy with the incredible film Where the North Begins. You know, by the way, it's just a reminder that voting is now open for this year's Hero Dog Awards. Simply log on to HeroDogAwards.org to submit your daily vote in each of the great eight categories. 
And, you know, today we're spending our time together celebrating the work of animal actors, animal actors like Rin Tin Tin. And when we come back, we'll be talking to someone who oversees a legacy program here at American Humane Association solely dedicated to the well-being of our favorite animal stars. Thanks for listening today. This is Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Since the dawn of Hollywood, movies and TV shows have featured animal actors. Whether trying to depict realistic situations or fantasy ones, directors and producers know that animals are important to the shots they wish to get. But decades ago, some of these more complicated production shots for movies would result in real bodily harm. In some cases, even death for those animal actors who were sometimes viewed just as props. Well, this came to a head in 1940 during the filming of the Western Jesse James, where a horse was intentionally thrown over a cliff to its death because that's what the scene called for. Actually, friends, that was in 1940, and the American public was rightfully outraged at the carelessness of the filming of this crew, and they called for oversight and protection for animal actors. An American Humane Association was the leading voice in the country then and now for the protection of animals from cruelty, abuse, and neglect. And we worked with Hollywood to gain this much-needed oversight. Since then, our No Animals Were Harmed program has been all around the world to monitor the safety of animal actors. Our end credit is world-famous, and a lot of hard work goes into a film production earning the right to say that no animal was indeed harmed during filming. Today, this program enjoys tremendous success. Last year alone, we monitored more than 79,000 animal stars in 30 states and in countries like Spain, New Zealand, Costa Rica, and so many more. And despite the high number of animals that are starring in productions, we're still able to proudly say that our safety record is unprecedented and stellar. And now I'm joined by the gentleman who leads this proud legacy program at American Humane Association, our Chief Veterinary Officer and National Director for No Animals Were Harmed, Dr. Quan Stewart. Dr. Stewart, welcome today and thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you. And Quan, I was just saying, you know, we've spent, this association has spent more than 70 years, almost 75 years now, monitoring the safe treatment of our beloved animal stars. In your opinion, why is this so important? 
animals, they add a really rich layer to our society, as we know, especially here in this country in America. They, they're really intertwined with our daily lives, a part of pop culture. And now with social media, you, you see them everywhere all day, and they mean so much to us. And you know, obviously, since movies and film have come along, they've been a big part of that industry. And, you know, they educate, they inspire, they make us aware and and those are just some of the, the out-of-mind type things that they do on, on really a daily basis when we see film. But I personally was brought to my profession because of a movie that I saw when I was a child. And, Robin, I know you know this story. I uh, love this story, Quan. It's a great story. Yeah. it. Um, you know, I was probably no more than seven years old and walked into the theater with my mother sat there and you know as a child it's hard to sit motionless for two hours but I sat still and she said I laughed and I cried throughout the film and when we walked out as she was holding my hand I looked up to her and I said when I grow up I want to be an animal doctor I made that proclamation there to her and she said I never strayed from that path and that set me on a line that led me here today so in some ways I've come full circle now that I'm directing the program the movie by the way because everybody always asks if I forget to tell it was the black stallion so still today one of my favorite pictures but you know I was with my son when we were in the theater watching we bought a zoo and I saw the same look on his face and it took me back you know some 30 years when I was in the theater so you know that that's happening all the time all around the world and it's it's really our mission our objective to make sure that when animals are being used they're used safely and properly and with respect that's beautiful, Quan, and I love that personal story of how you were uh, really just so interested in, in your future profession, and it became, it was really the inspiration was the Black Stallion, a great, great personal story, and thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners, and, and then you've gone on and you've become a licensed veterinarian, and goodness, you came to American Humane Association after working at the shelter, an animal shelter for a number of years. Can you share with us your personal story of working in an animal shelter? Prior to coming to American Humane, and that was, it's been about a year I've been with, with the program now. Prior to that, I'd been practicing in traditional veterinary medicine for about 17 years and paid my dues in, in various areas of the profession. I was associate vet. I did critical care and emergency work. I managed a group of hospitals and vaccine clinics. And after about 13 years of that, an opportunity came my way that I never thought I would have taken advantage of, but I'm so glad I did. I, uh, came upon a shelter in Northern California that had been without a veterinarian for a number of years, three years to be exact, and the, the shelter was in disrepair, the animals were lacking care, so I, I left my lofty job in Southern mm-hmm. California and, and took on this position, and it was difficult. It was an eye-opener for me. We, you know, we euthanized uh, many animals. We were working out of an old facility. I didn't have a surgical suite. I didn't have a, a treatment area for the animals. Mm. And it was something really out of, out of the 1960s or 70s as far as the standard of care we were, we were trying to give. It just uh, The money wasn't available. The funds weren't available. And we were making do. We were placing Band-Aids. And I realized then I was largely naive on animal welfare and the state of animal welfare in our country today. And, you know, it's been somewhat a little embarrassed because as a veterinarian working in the industry for as long as I had, it's really our charge, our, our stewardship, to make sure these animals are cared for. And I really had no idea what was going on. Really, the dirt underneath the rug was exposed. And it changed my life. It changed my my career path, and I was there for five years. It was the best five years I could have asked for, and it taught me so, so much. 
Well, it's certainly noble work, and certainly you were on the front lines of the humane movement by working in the shelter and, and seeing what, what you witnessed every day in terms of animals being abandoned, really seeking the second chance that we talk about often in the humane movement, and really, Quan, uh, you've lived what it is to be humane, and I, I applaud you for that noble work. And then American Humane Association was lucky and fortunate enough to recruit you to come and take care of the hundreds of thousands of animal stars that we see on television and, and movies and all sorts of film and entertainment. Tell us a little bit about what it takes to be part of the American Humane's No Animals Were Harmed program, and particularly, how do film and entertainment productions get that in credit? Fascinating work. And, you know, first off, I'll tell you, Robin, I had never really imagined using my degree in veterinary skills in this way. We, you know, you'll hear veterinarians say that um, we can do so much with our license, but it is, it, it really is one of the more diverse um, professions in the world, and I'm, I'm getting a chance now to use all those skills when you guys came calling, and I'm glad I answered, to do this work and protect the animals in, in filmed entertainment. But daily here, there is a, a large team that executes wonderfully to make sure we advise these productions, we're on set to visually monitor and protect the animals, and then at the end of the day, to give them that coveted end credit disclaimer to the production if they earned it. So, you know, really day-to-day, we are getting calls from productions that register their projects with us, and this can be a commercial. We were on set, for example, for the uh, Budweiser commercial. I think it, that, uh, you know, Clydesdales and Puppies are, are winning the day. I think three years in a row, it's, it's been a theme like that that's uh, been the most popular Super Bowl commercial. We were on set for yes. that, and, and, and for example, mm-hmm. that production will call and register the project. We will schedule our representative, our certified animal safety rep, to be on set to monitor the animal action. They will record and report what they have seen. Those reports will file into my office here. We'll review the reports, and if everything goes smoothly, then that project will earn that in credit disclaimer. So that's the work in a nutshell, but you know, some days are, are craziness. We have a team of about 30 certified animal safety reps that work around the country and really around the world wherever projects want to have us on set. That's fantastic. And, you know, what I'm amazed at is when you talked about the horses and the Budweiser commercials, the the puppies, there's all different types of species that you work with. You know, you talked about the movie We Bought a Zoo. So you have giraffes, you have elephants, you have dogs, cats, horses, and you even have the creepy crawlies, the snakes and the bugs and the insects that, uh, that you monitor as well. That's an, an amazing amount of work. And how does your team monitor so many different species? Well, you know, it starts with education experience, I think. That is really the baseline. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you here, when I came on board, I had a little bit of a learning curve myself. You know, mm-hmm. We don't typically learn about tarantulas and insects in, in veterinary school, but uh, there was a, mm-hmm. a little bit of reading I had to do. But our safety reps have been trained and taught how to monitor and give advice on how to care for all these species. And as you said, it goes from the small to the very large, from insects to elephants to marine animals, whales and dolphins. And it really spans the spectrum and it spans the globe. We will be in Arctic conditions and we will be in a jungle setting. We've traveled everywhere to every temperature you can imagine. But where the animals are, we are there. And that is really our charge is to make sure we're present, to ensure the care, the safety. And, you know, I I use the word respect because animals, they do deserve a certain amount of respect when they are working. These are working animals, and like actors, talent that's working on set, the animals deserve the same type of care and respect uh, that everybody on the crew does. 
Yes, and I actually understand that our safety record, the safety record of no animals were harmed, is even better than the human safety record for a human working on set. What is your safety record? Isn't that? Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Nine point nine eight. It's something we like. Yeah, we're very proud of. But uh, it is. It's stellar. We've had directors. I've been approached by directors or producers on a film set that say, "You guys really carry a safety rating that high." And it's true. We've tabulated these statistics down to the years, and it's remarkable how well we've been able. To, to manage this mission over mm-hmm. the course of all these decades. We're going on 75 years wow. uh, of care in this program. That is a long time. Our, our Diamond Jubilee is next year, and uh, it's an exciting time for this program. Oh, that's incredible. A Diamond Jubilee is indeed something to celebrate, and I know that the program celebrates it because it also has you under as their leader, the program leader, a new inspirational leadership for the program, uh, Quan, and I know all of our wonderful fans who are fans of animal stars and uh, seeing them in movies and in television are glad to know that you're at the helm of No Animals Were Harmed. So thank you for your noble work that you do every day. Can you tell our listeners, do you have some great films in the works that feature some really cool animal stars? Yeah, we're on, we're on a number of sets. And, you know, as I say, we, we do commercials, we do television episodics, and of course, people are most familiar with feature films. And I know that coming up, and and this was a fun experience for me, when I onboarded last year, Robin, Mm -hmm. I was on the set of a movie called The Homesman. It is actually written, directed, and produced by Tommy Lee Jones. So I was out Mm -hmm. in New Mexico, my home home state. I I grew up in Albuquerque. And so as part of my training, I was out in the plains of New Mexico and uh, on set with Tommy Lee and a lot of animal action, horse action. There were mules. And I got to witness that firsthand and meet the crew and the staff. And I just got to screen that movie a week ago. So that was a full circle experience for me from being on set, to seeing the reports, writing the reports, reviewing the reports myself, and then at the end of the day, giving them their outstanding rating or their um, compliance with the animals. And that picture will be coming out, uh, I believe, in the fall. At the same time, I was on set for another movie called Jane's Got a Gun. That was with uh, mm-hmm. starring Natalie Portman, a Western as well with some horse action. And that'll also be coming out in the fall, winter time period. But yes, from dogs to cats to horses, we're on set for as much as we can be. We're moving forward with the program, and you know, it's something I'd like to speak to, I guess. We don't stop. The work does not stop, and the evolution of the program doesn't stop. We have just uh, recently recruited eight veterinarians to come on board and move forward the uh, the scientific rigor of this program for the next era. So as as wow. we animals, yeah, we, we learn. You know, I've been out of school now for 17 years, and in that 17 years, our knowledge, our understanding of animals and their relationship with pain and sensitivity and emotions, mm-hmm. all of that has grown leaps and bounds. And as we know more about animals, well, so too does a program need to change as, as, as we learn these things. So these veterinarians are coming on board. I'm bringing my colleagues with me to right. help push this thing into the next generation. You know, that's incredible. You have these, you're onboarding these licensed veterinarians out where their productions are. Congratulations, Quan. That's terrific for those animal stars that we all know and love to know that they will have uh, certified animal safety representatives who are also licensed veterinarians watching out for their safety and their welfare while they're working. That's tremendous, absolutely tremendous. You talked about the science too, and I know that you have also made a great advancement in the program by creating the first scientific advisory committee, group of scientists that are leading the charge for the standards. You want to talk a little bit about what that's all about as well? 
Yeah, so from top to bottom, I felt like we could insert a couple of improvements or changes, and mm-hmm. hiring veterinarians was one of them. They are going to be the boots on the ground, so they're going to be my foot soldiers. There will be eyes and ears on the set giving the animals their voice, but I also felt like we needed to review and potentially update our standards our guideline standards that act to guide us on set. And this guideline book, The Safe Use of Animals Used in Filmed Entertainment, we've had that around now, and it's been, it's been a work in progress for the 74 years we've been in existence. And I felt it was time to give it a run-through. And mm-hmm. to do that, I have commissioned 12 colleagues of mine, scientists, to come on board and help us break down, really page by page, the mm-hmm. guideline book so we can update all the standards. And these are wonderful people who have uh, a wide range of experience from world-renowned bioethicist and Dr. Bernie Rowland to some of the most well-known trainer, owner, handlers in the world to renowned veterinarians who are going to comprise this group so we can, um, as I say, just just give the entire book a run through and make sure that we are current with what we understand about animals today. That's an incredible advancement in the program, and I know that I see animal stars just cheering for the advancements under your leadership, Dr. Stewart. So thank you so very much. And uh, I know all of our listeners will rest assured when they go to their summer movies and spring launch of movies, knowing that those animals have been protected thanks to uh, American Humane Association entering its 75th year of ensuring the safety of our beloved animal stars. Well, Dr. Stewart, thank you so much for being with us. With us today and coming up next, we're going to speak with one of Dr. Stewart's certified animal safety representatives who's going to share with us what it's like to be on the set with our animal stars. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back. Well, today we spent the afternoon talking about animal actors and the need to ensure their safety and well-being on production sets. You know, our No Animals Were Harmed certified animal safety representatives work countless hours monitoring all sorts of animal action in film and entertainment. Because of the nature of film and television productions, shoots can take place virtually in any environment around the world and at any time of day. You know, some of our certified animal safety representatives will travel with the productions, spend weeks and even months away from home because certain productions have so much animal action with their animal stars. You know, one of our program's longest serving representatives joins us on the phone now. She spent 15 years with the program and has monitored animal stars on such blockbuster films as the Pirates of the Caribbean series, The Dark Knight, Avatar, The Hangover, and so many more. You know, I'd like to welcome today Beth Langhorst to the show. Beth, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. Wonderful. Well, Beth, I can tell you lots of our listeners today are going to want to know how they can get a job like yours, serving as a certified animal safety representative and being on such very cool production sets like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Tell us, are you on set today? I actually am not on set today. Um, Oh, we caught you on an off day, which is great. Well, do you've got any productions coming up that you'll be taking part in? There's quite a few actually coming up, in, uh, especially in the Los Angeles area where I'm based, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of local um, TV shows mostly working right now. Features start up in about a month or so when they start getting a little bit nicer weather. They mm-hmm. do like their weather. so. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Beth, tell us, share with our listeners, how did you become a certified animal safety representative? Well, I have a degree in exotic animal training, and I used to be a zookeeper, and then I was an animal trainer on set. Mm-hmm. And I felt the need, you know, there is a need to make sure that the animals are taken care of and make sure that all the safety practices and everything that needs to be looked at, you know, is, is taken into consideration. And so I, I kind of switched over to the American Humane side and applied and I've been there almost 15 years now and gotten to travel the world and work on all kinds of different productions, all kinds of different locations. That's, That's wonderful. And I bet you've worked with all kinds of different animals as well, but your background is in exotic animals. So talk to us a little bit about some of the productions where you've had the uh, the privilege of working with some of our beloved animal exotic stars. Well, one of the very famous monkey in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, he traveled to all the locations and had to build a real strong bond with Jeffrey Rush, who had to carry him around on his shoulder a lot. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the trainers would work with him and we would work together to make sure that they would just kind of work on their relationship. It was fun. It was all about treats and having a good time and having fun with this actor so that when he had to work with him, he knew he was safe and he was fun to work with and you know, building that bond with the animals is something that doesn't really, you know, it comes across on camera, but you don't see the work that goes into making sure that that relationship is there. Yes. A lot of exotics need that. Well, that's an important point. You know, we just think that you show up on a set one day, animals go through their cues and uh, the production gets the shot and then it's done. But what you're really sharing with our listeners, in fact, there's a lot of prep work that goes into making sure that bond is built before the cameras actually roll. That's amazing. Yes, a lot of prep work needs to be taken, especially with the exotics, you know, to make sure that all those things are are taken into consideration, bond, safety, 
the actors that are going to have to work directly with them, make sure that they're comfortable because, you know, they everything will know. If, you know, the animals will know, the actors will know if they're not comfortable. So they need to be comfortable in the environment that they're working in and be able to do what they need to do, their lines, get their marks if it's the animal, and, and just be able to just make everything work and make the movie magic. That's wonderful. You know, Beth, whenever I'm on a set, I always marvel at the intricate work that goes into filming each particular shot and all the movie magic that's involved to make a very dangerous-looking scene completely safe for the animal stars involved. Can you share with us a couple of your memorable moments of, of scenes like that that you've monitored? Yes, one of the biggest ones that I can think of is the stunt that we had in Django Unchained with the horses falling and a large explosion happening at the same time. And a lot of prep work went into that. It was actually weeks of work doing tests with the explosions to see how far debris would go to make sure that we had the animals farther than that on the day that we worked, make sure that the animals were prepped. The area that we worked in, when horses fall, it has to be prepped. It has to have a soft landing for them. So the whole area that we were working in had to have the, the right kind of substrate put down, the right kind of grounding put down so that the animals had a softer landing. Mm-hmm. And all of these things went into effect for basically something that lasts on screen for maybe a couple of minutes. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Weeks of prep work for one shot that maybe lasts, you know, 60, 90 seconds, maybe a little bit more than that. It's amazing. You know, you've been working in sets and productions for nearly 15 years, as you've shared. How have you seen filming change during that time? You know, are people using fewer animal stars? Are they moving into CGI instead? Maybe you can share with our listeners, what is CGI? CGI is when you can take an animal and you can basically on your computer, you can animate it and create it to do whatever you want it to do. And so a lot of the times what you'll do is you'll have a green screen behind you, just a green panel that they can light and you'll bring the animal onto it and have them run through maybe a group of behaviors that they need to do. And then they can take that image and they can put it on the computer and then put it into the movie wherever it needs to be. If it's like maybe in a in an explosion or something that might be, you know, too close or too dangerous, if it's coming out of a house or something, you can add those images together. And it looks like they were filmed at the same time, but they were actually filmed separate, two different places, a lot of times not even anywhere near each other. So a lot of times, like on, on something like Avatar, mm-hmm. you know, we had the animals walking and they would have digital dots on them. And as they would walk, the camera would pick up the digital dots and it would create them in this world of Avatar. So the images would correlate to each other. But what we were doing was just, you know, walking a horse along a line, a stage, and pretty soon you'd see the image and it was in this lush field of this Avatar world. Amazing, amazing how computer-generated just those tools have changed filmmaking. And so when our listeners are watching some of their favorite movies with animal scenes that just seem so far out and crazy, a lot of them can rest assured that some of that is really not animals in those types of scenes that computers have done a lot of the movie magic. Is that right? Yes, yes. You still need the animals to get the image, but you can do a lot with that computer image. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great to know. You know, I know you worked with a lot of scenes where there's multiple animals at once, such as in the movie Dr. Doolittle 2, which you monitored. What happens when you've got multiple animals like in a Dr. Doolittle? How do you monitor that? Well, you end up having a very crowded stage because you have every animal has its own trainer. And if, <laughs> if the animal has to do like motion, you'll have a couple of trainers. So basically, they'll just make sure, we'll just make sure that the animals are, you know, far enough apart that they can work and concentrate on their trainer and not be distracted by each other. 
And um, a lot of times, you know, again, with the Doolittles, you get the computer magic where when they do a lot of those big, large sequences, the animals are filmed separately and then added together. Aha. Uh-huh. So that's another clue in that tune for all of our fans of Dr. Doolittle. Know that that might have been some CGI involved movie magic as well. You know, Beth, yeah. we know that as a certified animal safety representative, you are traveling where the productions are filming, and that can be all around the world. Is it tough being on the road for long stretches of time? How do you handle that? That's got to be tough. It can be. I've, I've been places where I've left and, and actually had no return date. And they just said to plan on a few months to be gone. But most of the time, you're you know you're so involved in the work and and the work is every day that it just kind of flows. And pretty soon you're you know that you're ending up and you're getting ready to go back home. It just kind of goes by fast sometimes. I bet it does. I bet it does. Do you have any pets back home that you can share with our listeners? Tell them tell them stories about your own pets. I do actually have a cat. I adopted her from our office. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. What's your cat's yeah. name? Her name is Trixie. Oh, you got to love her. You got to love her. Well, Beth, we are so grateful for your time today. I mean, certainly you have one of the coolest jobs I think I've ever heard of. And we're so proud to have you as a member of our No Animals Were Harmed team. Keep up the fabulous work in keeping those animal stars safe. And uh, we all are grateful. And when we go to the movies this summer, we're even more grateful knowing that we've got folks like Beth on the front lines, making sure our animal stars are happy, healthy, and safe. Thank you. Thank you. To all of our listeners out there, I recommend visiting our website, humanehollywood.org, to see the current films and studios earning our No Animals Were Harmed in credit. You can actually click on the movie reviews at the top of the page, and you can pull up a list of the films we've monitored over the years, and you can read more details about the animal action in each film and what we saw while we were on set. You know, this is incredible insights we learned today, uh, starting with Rin Tin Tin, the uh, Uh, animal star who saved Warner Brothers all the way through the important work of No Animals Were Harmed beginning in 1940 after Americans had an outcry after witnessing the abuse on the uh, film Jesse James. And now today the work under Dr. Quan Stewart and with certified animal safety reps like Beth we can rest assured that thanks to No Animals Were Harmed our beloved animal stars are kept safe. That's all the time we have for today on Be Humane. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to join us again next week for another terrific show. Until then, let's all remember to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.